0: This won't be a long one, this, and uh, I hope it won't be a very long one. Um, but uh, it's a blessing. When I was going through, um, you know, praying, asking God what to what to preach on, and uh, mentioned this before: promises, precious promises. I'm so thankful I got a God that gives promises and keeps them. You know something, when God gives a promise, he never goes back on it. Never goes back on that promise, and he's given us a lot of promises. Um, This is interesting. It has been said that there are over 30,000 promises in the Bible. Now, unfortunately, the person who said that didn't realize that there were only 31,173 verses that make up the Bible. So that would mean that almost every verse in the Bible is a promise, well, you know, they're not too far wrong because it's God's Word, and God's Word is full of promises. However, there was another individual. His name, his name was uh, Everett Storms, and um, he was a school teacher. And I don't have the date that he did this, but he decided to list all the promises in the Bible. And he found out that there were 7,487 promises by God to man. So I hope it doesn't take too long to cover those promises. 991 promises was made by man to man, 290 by man to God, and 21 by angels. Two by evil spirits to the Lord, two by God the Father to his Son, and Satan made nine promises to Christ. Okay. Well, we're not going to discuss the nine promises, to, and we're not going to discuss the angels or the evil spirit ones. We're just going to discuss some of the ones that God made to man, Okay, 7,487. Now, I'm not going to cover all of them. That'd be interesting. That'd be a good study if anybody wanted to do it, is to sit down and start going through the Bible and check out the promises. I have a book, a matter of fact, it's a series that I got when I was in college, and um, uh, it, it says all the promises of the Bible. And it is. It's about that thick, and they go through every promise that's in the Bible. One of these days, I may sit down and check them all out, see what all of them. But we're going we're gonna to look at just a few tonight. Our text for tonight is 2 Peter chapter number 1. And we start off by saying, Simon Peter a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that are obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So before he gets to the promises, as he's writing this epistle, he says, I'm writing this. He says who he is. He's Simon Peter. Remember Simon Peter? Simon Peter was always the one that opened mouth and insert foot. Okay? He was always doing that. And, uh, it, remember, it was, it was Simon Peter that, uh, uh, um, you know, when Jesus was walking on the water and he says, Lord, you know, let me come to you. And, uh, the Lord says, come on down, Peter. You know, I'm just paraphrasing. And Peter went out and walked on the water. But of course, he, he saw the winds and the waves. He got his eyes off the Lord and he started to sink. And everybody kind of puts Peter down for that. But the question is, is there's there were twelve of them, and Peter was the only one that got out of the boat and walked on water. All the rest of them stayed in the boat. Now he did get his eyes off the Lord and he started to sink. Now that's a good that's a good illustration and a good point. You get your eyes off of the Lord and you're going to start sinking. Okay? But um, remember him, he's always always boasting, always boasting. Remember, one of the last boasts that he makes is I'll never forsake you. And the Last Supper, I won't forsake you. And then what did he do? Three times, before the night was out, three times he denied Christ. Okay? But yet, in the end, Peter had wonderful faith. God said that he would, that when the time came, that he would be converted, and that when the time would come. And remember, it was Peter that got up on the day of Pentecost and preached, and 3,000 souls were saved. Okay? So that was quite a, quite a turnaround, even though he had. A rough time. Okay. And so he says, um, that the letter was, he, that's who he is. And he says, I'm writing to those who obtained like precious, precious faith. So he's talking to believers, those who have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. And that faith is very, very precious. Um, I don't know about you, but I know it is to me. Uh, every August, I, I think back to the time that I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. It's been, it's been a long time. Uh, I was only about 15 years old when that took place, and now I'm you know, years old. And um, But, uh, you know, it's been a long, long time, and it's precious. And like the song we just sang, each day he gets sweeter than he was before. Every day, every day is getting sweeter, and, and, and I know that it's getting closer that I'm going to be able to see him. Uh, I would like to hear a trumpet sound, and I'd like to be changed instantly. If it's going to happen, I hope it happens before Thursday. Okay? But if it doesn't, if it happens at all, I would I would like that way. But that might not be. I might have to go through the veil of death. But if that happens, that's okay too because I'll see him to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. I'm like the preacher that said, "I'm not look I'm not looking for a hole in the ground, I'm looking for a hole in the sky." Okay, that's what I'm looking for. But uh, if I have to settle that uh, you know it'll be be a hole in the ground but the point is every day he gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter and heaven gets more appealing and more appealing and more appealing and it's very very precious as a matter of fact uh, it is said that our faith is more precious than gold and silver and it is you cannot buy my faith away from me okay it's awesome and he says uh, we have that through the righteousness that is obtained not by our righteousness but through God and his son Jesus Christ and then he wishes grace and peace to be multiplied grace is unmerited favor something that we do not deserve god gives it to us because of faith and he gives us that grace and uh, but he also says peace it's an interesting thing we can be in the greatest turmoil there is and still there's there's peace now uh, you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'm, this is, having surgery on Thursday, it, it's, it's scary. It's, you know, I don't know exactly what's gonna take place. Now, I've been told, you know, it's gonna be simple. They're gonna, they're gonna stick five holes in me, and they're gonna stick cameras down me, and they're gonna stick a robot down me. I sure hope it's not run by Microsoft. Because if they decide to have an update just about the time they got surgery, it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> but to me, that's that's kind of scary, you know. Going in, going in there. Uh, I talked to Sean uh, this morning. And bless his heart. And um, you know, he's had a rough time. He's had a rough time. He's he's had uh, uh, this uh, problem in his body for years. And of course, he's lost a leg. And uh, he's had problems with that. They've had to. They've had to. You know, cut a little bit more off and a little bit more off. He's got his new leg, though. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. He's got, he takes his foot off at nighttime and plugs it in because it, it's, it's got some sort of, you know, some sort of uh, electronics inside of it. Then when it's, he's up in the morning, he takes it off of the charger and sticks it on his, uh, on his uh, leg. And it helps level it helps level him off. It helps him to walk at a little level pace. But he came up to me today and he and he says, he says, I just want to let you know what's going to take place. He says, You're okay, they're talking to you, they'll give you a shot of something, and then they'll put you on this gurney and well you down a, a cold a cold uh, uh corridor, put a couple of blankets over you, and then they'll start talking to you and they put something on your face and they're out talking to you, and you're talking to them Think. To, to them, and then all of a sudden you're waking up and you don't know anything that's going to happen. Now that's scary. What if I say something or do something why they're putting me under the sleep, you know, and I won't have any recourse to say, I didn't, I didn't mean it. Oh, but anyway, the point is, even with that though, I still have a peace because my savior's in control of everything. So if, every, no matter what takes place, you know, God's in control, and I'm so thankful for that. And so he's saying here, he, he wants grace and peace to be multiplied. And how is that multiplied? It's through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before I trusted Christ as my Savior, I did not have the knowledge of God. I knew there was a God because my mother told me there was. She said, don't, don't believe them when they say that you, that you came from a monkey. She says, there is a God. And so I knew that there was a God, but I didn't know Him. I didn't know Him. And now for some 55 years, I've been trying to get to know Him better and to know more about Him. And that was Peter's desire, and it's his desire for us, that the grace of God and the peace of God is multiplied, and we get that through the knowledge of God. And then he goes on down in verse number 3. He says, According as He, His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I thought that was interesting. You know, know, the, the words are important. And if you have a translation that takes words out, you're missing out the meaning of things. Here it says that He's given to us all things that pertain to life. We have what we need. Matter of fact, He's, the scripture tells us in Philippians that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, he doesn't say that he'll give all of our wants, but he will give us all that we need. And he will even give us some things that we don't want, but we need. Okay? And um uh and it says, according uh, through his knowledge to him that has called us to glory and virtue, okay? Virtue is a quality of life, a life from God, whereby are given unto us exceeding, notice the wording there, unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then he goes on about adding to our faith and, He talks about that. He says, be diligent to add to your faith virtue and to virtue to knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance uh, patience and to patience godliness and godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. And he says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind. And cannot see afar off. Cannot see afar off. Um, uh, And cannot see, oh, and have forgotten that he was purged from the old sins. Wherefore, uh, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. And so, you know, he said, add Add to your faith these qualities. Now we're not going to do that tonight because what we're talking about today is the precious promises. And so I have a few of them listed here. Okay? A few of them recorded. Uh, the first one that I had that, that I wrote down is in Jeremiah 29. So if you want to turn to that, you can turn to it. I have it already printed out. This is what it says, though. It says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Some people have asked, well, where is God? Where is God? Well, He's right where He's supposed to be, and He's looking for you. And one of the promises that He gives is that if you will seek Him, you will find Him. And if you search Him with all of your heart, that means if, you're, if your heart is right and you're seeking the truth and you're seeking the Lord, you'll find Him. You'll find Him. What a promise. What a promise that is. Jeremiah 33, uh, 1 through 3, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the Maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Another promise. And it has it has kind of a lot to do with the first one that I gave you. It's seeking the Lord. But notice it says, if you call upon me, call upon him in faith believing he says if you call upon me that he'll show us great and mighty things that we don't know matter of fact there's another passage of scripture says that that he gives us things that are far above what we could ever imagine far above what we can we speak it's amazing our heavenly father who loves us uh, when we call upon him when we're walking the way he wants us to walk, gives us far above what we want, what we need. He does he does things for us that we wouldn't even imagine. And it's awesome. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, if I like this one because it, it deals with all of us. Now those two dealt with individuals. This deals with all of us. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, Shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Wow. What a promise. God is saying, look, my people. Okay. Not the heathen because the heathen's not going to turn from their way, you know, unless they get saved. But he says, my people that are called by my name, if they'll humble themselves, It says, if they humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear and will forgive and will heal their land. What a promise. And God keeps his promises. If If God's people would simply do that, that's what would happen. Unfortunately, not all of God's people will do that. Some of them will, some of them won't. But uh, it's a promise that he's made, and he would keep that. Proverbs 8.17, it says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Kind of like Jeremiah. He says, I love those that love me, and those that seek me early will find me. Okay. So if you love God and you're you seek him, you'll find him. Okay? He's not he, he he doesn't try to hide. Matter in fact he 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 reveals himself throughout the entire uh, world. Okay? Nature itself gives testimony to God and his love and his mercy and his and and his uh, uh wonderfulness and if we look for it it's there. Romans chapter number 10. Okay? Romans chapter number 10, verses 9 through 13 says this, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Another great, great promise. He says, uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who He says He is. He says, um, uh, then that person can be saved. He says, with heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you see, it's, it's a heart attitude. Um, we had a gospel track one time, and I haven't found one in years. I've looked for it, but I haven't really found one. And it's it, it just shows a guy, the, the top part from the chest, okay, from right about here up to the top, and a ruler. And it shows the ruler at about 18 inches. And it says, Missing heaven by 18 inches. Meaning, have an, a head knowledge, but not a heart knowledge. And see, it's all in the heart. God says in the scripture, says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. And um, you can make a, a knowledge about the existence of God. You can even make an, a knowledge of the existence of Jesus Christ. You can't get away from that. There's so much, there's so much secular facts that Jesus existed that you can't turn that down. You can make those consent, but if you haven't taken it from the head and down to the heart, it won't do you any good. Because it's from the heart man believeth under righteousness and mouth confessing, confessing that to God. Matter of fact, uh, P, uh, in Peter uh, 3, 9, it says that God's not willing, willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay? Uh, he wants us to be saved. He wants us, uh, to have fellowship with Him and, and on, on a daily basis. When He created Adam and Eve, He created to have fellowship with them. The Bible, read Genesis. What did they do from day to day? You know, the first day God made this, the second day He did this, and third day He did this, fourth day He did this, fifth day He did this. On the sixth day He created man. He formed Him out of the dust of the ground. It says that He breathed into His nostrils the breath of life and He became a living soul. Uh, he was different from the animals. Okay, completely different. He was a living soul and he communed with man, with Adam on a day-to-day basis. It says that in the cool of the day he walked with Adam. Okay? And then uh, uh, when he created a woman for Adam, a wife for Adam, he walked and talked with them in the cool of the day in the garden. Uh, he, there was fellowship. He wanted us to have fellowship with him. And then man sinned. That fellowship was broken. And it's been broken ever since. But that isn't God's desire. God's desire is to have fellowship with us. So when we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, the fellowship is put back together, and it gets sweeter the more we fellowship with Him. The more we're in His Word, and the more we pray, and the more we allow His Word to get into us, and the more we allow Him to speak to us, uh we grow and he wants that fellowship and so uh, in, in Romans he tells us this is this is how you do it you confess with your mouth that Jesus died in other words, and 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 you believe in your heart that what you're saying is true he says then you can be saved because the scripture says whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed for uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I think that's one of the most precious promises that we can have, that uh, he doesn't limit it to anybody. He doesn't say, well, i got to clean everything up first. God will do the cleaning. It doesn't say, you know, I've got I've to turn over a new leaf. By the way, when you turn over a new leaf, you know what there is on the other side? Same old dirty leaf. Okay, Cleaning up, no, nope, that isn't it. He says, well, i, I got to do some good things. No, no. the Scripture says, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in His sight. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. And He says, if you by faith will trust My Son, you call upon Him to save you. Whosoever, and I like that word, whosoever, you can underline that in your Bible, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? Wonderful, wonderful uh, promise very precious and then there's john 6 37 all that the father giveth me shall come to me This jesus talking and him that cometh to me i will in no wise cast out i like that promise too that's an awesome one he's saying look the father has given me all and all that comes to me i will not cast them out I will not cast them out. I'll accept them. And they, I'll accept them as they are, and then I'll change them. I'll change them. Um, when I trusted Christ as Savior, like I said, I, I was a teenager. I wasn't a super, super bad teenager, but I wasn't a super, super good one either. And there was a lot of things in my life that that uh, were not pleasing to God, But he took me as I was. You know, we sing that song, just as I am, without one plea. He takes us just as we are. We come by faith and we trust him by faith. And then he begins to clean us up. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. The desires change. uh, Our outlook change. uh, Our testimony changes. our, Our destination, our final destination changes. And it's one of his promises. I will not cast them out. Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number six says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is what's called the Beatitudes. And uh, Jesus is talking on the mountain to uh, uh, a group of people, a big group of people. And this is one of the Beatitudes. He He said, blessed this and blessed this and blessed this. This is one of them. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you have a hunger for the things of God? Do you have a thirst for the things of God? He says, if you do, if you have a hunger, a hunger. How many of you have ever really been hungry? I know you I know you young men are always hungry. I mean, this is it's a state you wake up hungry and you go all day long and you're hungry. But uh have you ever really, really I mean you really, really I've got to have something to eat. Yeah, I have that problem too, and sometimes it's too much. Uh but uh yeah. Isn't it awesome when you sit down and you have that hunger and then you sit down and you get to eat, you're filled? Doesn't it feel good? Yeah, it does. Here he says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God will give us that righteousness. He will give us uh, that knowledge. Listen, when it comes down where you're hungry for the word of God and you're hungry for the preaching of God, and you're thirsting at it, like, like you said, man, i just got to have a drink of that spiritual rock, that spiritual water. He says, you will be filled. And uh, that's one reason why we meet together. Because I don't know about you, when, it, when I go from Sunday to Wednesday, right in between the two, I get hungry. I'm, I'm excited about when Wednesday comes around, because now I can fellowship once again, I can sing some more hymns with other people instead of just by myself, okay? And I hunger for the Word of God. I enjoy it. And uh, he says, if you hunger and you thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. And then uh, uh, the uh, just the personal part, um, listening to God's Word, reading God's Word. I got to doing something a couple of years ago. And, you know, because of technology, and I, I love technology, or, or I wouldn't be in the computer repair business, okay? So, you know, I kind of like it because, you know, I go and fix pe- people's computers. And uh, so I like technology. Some of it goes a little bit too far, but um, I, I do like it. And uh, I ran across a, um, an app, and it's called YouBible, um, Bible and what you bible is it is uh, alexander scorby reading the king james bible as it is you know for us to read it but he 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 was a um he was an actor that was a um oh what's the word i'm looking for what yeah a, a voice actor and he does it, well, you just have to listen. He, he, he enunciates it like it was you know, written in King James language. It, it, it's awesome. And I bought it. It's 19 bucks. And I bought it. And I bought a copy to put on my phone. And I bought a copy to put on my iPad. And I bought a copy to put on my computer. And uh, what I like to do when the day's all done and I'm ready to go to bed, I'm ready to go to sleep. I turn him on and I have him read the Bible to me so that the last things that I hear is the Word of God. And it's awesome. Um, I used to have problems going to sleep and I don't have problems going to sleep anymore. I, I listen anywhere from from 20 to 30 minutes a night and I just have him read to me. And, and it's really awesome. You know, And I hunger for that when I don't uh, get to do that. I'm, I miss out because I want that. I want the Word of God as much as I can get it, and uh, my own reading, uh, have him reading to me, and then we come to church and we have the, you know, we have the preacher read it to us and preach out of the Word of God. A hunger for it, a thirst for it, uh, because that's what makes him sweeter every day. Is because of that. What a promise. What a promise. And then Matthew eleven. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30. This is a good one. I like this one too. It says, come unto me. Again, Jesus is talking. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Before I came to know Jesus Christ as Savior, I thought, boy, these people that are going to church, they have to get all these rules that they've got to go by. All these rules they've got to go by. But you know, his burden is light. Okay, His burden is light. Um, Keeping the things that God wants us to do, it's a light burden. The burden of sin is heavy, but the burden of the Lord is light. And so he says, come unto me. If you're laboring and you're heavy laden, come unto me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest for your souls. He says, take my yoke and learn of me. Okay, I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls. Take my yoke. My burden is light. Learn of me. Another promise. And then there's John. John chapter number 6, verse number 34. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. The bread, and it was mentioned several times. All cultures that have ever lived, and they're living to now, every culture on the face of the earth, we have one thing in common. Okay. And that's some form of bread. Isn't that interesting? We all have some form of bread. Now, unfortunately, you know, we we get wheat and you know, we we grind it down, and then there's some that says, Well, I don't like that, I don't like bread. By the way, I I like I like white bread. I know it's not supposed to be good for you, but I love it. Especially you put a little bit of butter on it and some honey on it, or some peanut butter and, and butter on it, or some jam on it. I just love it. You know, it's got some people like that, some have wheat bread. Others have oat breads, okay? My wife is doing something called keto bread, and I can't figure out what it is. I don't like it personally, but she does. Uh, to me, it tastes like cardboard, uh, but, but, but to her, you know, she, she likes it. But uh, uh, some of the some of the tribes in the Amazon, they, have, they make it out of uh, kind of like a banana, and, and it's got to be good. I like banana bread, okay? So it's got to be good. But every culture has some form of bread, okay, and and uh, Jesus said that He was the bread of life, okay. He that cometh me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And again, it's you know it's using the spiritual thing. He since He is the bread of life, He is the life, and just like. Our cultures, we have to have bread to be sustained. We have to have the bread of life to be sustained. Okay? And uh, there's some other things that have to do with bread, but we won't get into it tonight. Okay? And just as though uh, uh, we have to have uh, water, okay? And um, He is the water. And He says that if we. Go to him, we'll have the bread, we'll have the life, and will not hunger and will not thirst. Again in John, oh, and this is a particular one, I really like this one too. John 14, 1 through 3, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare... Place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now he's not talking about unbelievers; he's talking to believers, and he says, "Don't, don't, uh, um, uh, you know, don't, don't be worried." He says, "Don't, don't have a troubled heart. You believe in God, believe in me. So in my Father's house are many mansions." And he alludes to the practice that they had when, um, when a son would go out and get a bride. What they would do many times is the son would bring the bride back to their house and they would add on to the family home. They would add another section for the new uh, uh for the son's new bride. So they would be adding on and they would prepare that. And that's kind of what the picture is here. And he says, I've left to prepare a place for you. Now think about it. He's been preparing 2,000 years, a place for us to dwell. It's got to be awesome. Especially when I read in the book of Revelation that the heavenly city is made out of jewels, the diamonds and rubies and garnets and sapphires. And the street is pure gold. So pure, it's like glass. Those are the building tools. That the new Jerusalem is going to be like. Now, if our homes are going to be prepared and be in that, it, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be awesome. And I know, I, I'm hoping anyway, that mine will have a circular staircase. It'll be a two story, maybe three story with a circular, you know, long circular staircase. So that I can get up at the top and say, woohoo, here we go! <laughs> <coughs> I don't know. But what a promise. He says, the greatest promise is, he says, if, if I go away, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. <coughs> Excuse me. What a promise. He's coming again. Hebrews, and we're almost finished. Hebrews 13, verse number five, he says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He starts it off by saying, be content with what you have. Okay. Be content with what you have. Now, there's other passages of scripture that says, you know, having food and raiment were were to be content. But here he says, be content with the things that you have. Because he has said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It could be the darkest hour that you may be able to, that you may go through, but the promise that Jesus said is, "I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee." He says, "Well boy, the Lord seems awfully far away. Well, guess who moved? It wasn't him. okay It wasn't him. He said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." You know, it's kind of like the guy, you know, sitting sitting down on a rock. And sometimes we get the feeling like this guy, he looks up and there's a bird up there, he says, Go ahead, everybody else does too. Use your imagination what he's talking about. But the Lord doesn't forsake us. He does not forsake us, he never leaves us alone. He's always, always there. You've seen the you've seen the painting, maybe of the uh, footprints in the sand. You ever seen that paint that painting? Okay, the story behind that is, is the story of, 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 uh, of uh, they're walking along and, and there's two footprints there, and then all of a sudden there's only one set of footprints. And they ask the question, you know, how come there's only one set? And Jesus says, well, that's when I picked you up and carried you. Okay. That's when I picked you up and carried you. And He carries this all the day long. I can be thankful that, um, you know, I'm going into this surgery. I don't know how, I don't know. I've been told what's supposed to take place, but I don't know what's going to take place, and I won't know until it takes place. But I do know one thing the Lord will be with me the whole time. He'll be with me the whole time. You may go through some trial in this lifetime that will be a horrendous trial. But if you know the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, you don't have to go through it alone because he will be with you because he's promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Isn't that an awesome promise? He's with us everywhere we go. Everything that we do, he's there. Revelation chapter number 21. says, Revelation chapter number 21, verse number 5, he says, And he that sat down on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. There's coming a time when he's going to make all things new. Now, I believe that we're supposed to be stewards of the world that God gave us. Okay? My daddy and my mommy, even though they weren't Christians, they made sure that if I threw something down on the ground, that I picked it up and took it to the trash and put it in the trash can. And if I didn't, I got a good whopping. Okay. I did that same thing with my kids. I told, I would, I taught my kids, you don't leave trash. You pick up after yourself. You clean up after yourself. You take care of this. You don't waste it. I believe, uh, <clears throat> at one time, and I, I don't know if it's true now, but I know that at one time, uh, hunters, hunters would say, you only kill that which you're going to eat. You don't do it for just sport. Now, I don't know if they have that anymore, but that, that was a good idea. Okay, That was a good idea. You don't kill it if you're not going to eat it. That's one reason why I didn't go hunting, because there's a lot of things that I would have shot that I didn't want to eat. So so I, I believe we're, we should take care. We should do what we can to take care of this world. But Folks, we're not going to save this earth. Okay, We're not going to save the earth. It's been here for a long, long time, and it has survived everything that man has done. We're not going to destroy this earth. God's going to do it, and he's going to make a new one. The book of the Revelation said that he makes a new heaven and a new earth, where the old heaven and the old earth passes away. Okay. He's the one that's going to do that. Okay, He's the one that's going to do that. He says that he's faithful. Uh, this verse tells us he's, he'll make a new one, a new heaven. And he's right this because he's true and he's faithful. So he's going to make a new one. Scripture tells us that this earth is going to burn with a fervent heat. And it's going to be gone. We're not going to save it. He's going to make a new one. And that's a promise. And then the last verse that we have is Revelation twenty-two twenty. He which testified of these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The last thing that the Lord says is, I will come quickly. Now we need to understand that His timing is not our timing. But when it is His timing, He will be here and it will be quick. And we can, and we can take it precious promises precious promises, and there's a whole lot more. I would challenge you to maybe get down in your Bible and begin to look for some of these promises. Okay? And you have to dig them out because they don't say, well, there's a promise on this page, and there's a promise on this page. I had to dig them out to find out what the promises were. Just remember, there are just to man alone, over 7,000 of them. So that would keep you that would keep you busy for a while, digging those promises out but it's well worth it. They're very, very, very precious. And the one thing that we can take from this is the fact that when God makes a promise, he always keeps the promise. If he promises to save a person that calls upon him and trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, he keeps the promise. Uh, a lot of times when, when I do talk to a person about their salvation and they go ahead and they, they make the sinner's prayer and they pray, I'll ask them, well, are you saved? And they'll say, well, I don't know. And I says, did you mean what you said? And they say, well, yeah, I meant it. I says, did you mean it from the heart? And they say, yes, I meant it from the heart. And I says, God made a promise. And he promised that if you meant it, he meant it. So are you saved? And most of the time they'll say, well, Yes. Because when God makes a promise, he keeps it. He, cre- he keeps it. And so take that, take that in mind. If you run across the scripture and you're reading and you read something that God makes a promise about something, just remember, he will keep that promise. He will keep that promise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we come to you. We thank you for your word. And we do thank you for the precious promises that you have given us and just the few that we've read tonight, Heavenly Father, touches hearts. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll, we'll take it to heart. But there's others, others in your, in your word, Heavenly Father. And I just pray that as we uh, study, as we read your word, and we run across some of these promises, that Heavenly Father, will take them down and we'll rejoice in the fact that you keep your promises. Now, Lord, bless us now. In Jesus' name, amen.